Hello there, I'm Jordan O'Brien and this is the New Leaf Podcast. Joining me this week for episode 13 of the New Leaf podcast is another good friend of mine and one of my lovely colleagues from Ladle. It's Rachel Allen. Welcome on to the podcast. Round of applause. There's a button somewhere that... Uh, I feel like that's unneeded. I feel like I'm sounding like Saturday Night Takeover or something. <laughs> <laughs> you're, co- you're coming down the steps now through yeah, the crowd. Exactly. <laughs> Bomb your way onto the stage. Hi, Anne. is right, like dancing along. <laughs> Come on down. <laughs> Well, you're here now, and yes, episode 13, so um, how have you been keeping? I haven't seen you for a while. I don't know, it's been weird. No, exactly. Exactly. They know that we work too well together, that's why. That's it. But um, I'm going to ask you a silly question, but did you get up too much when you were off? Absolutely not. I did. <laughs> Approximately not. So my room was like an absolute disgrace, and it pissed me off. It was annoying me. <laughs> So I was just like, right, I'll sort this out. Got that done on the first day, and like, like already a week later, two weeks later, it's just crazy. That's something I can heavily sympathise with. I the... just do not have the energy or the space for all the stuff that I have. I I would tend to agree with my own room too. Like I would need another room just for all of the rubbish that I, I, think I do so have. Too. I need an entire house. One room is not enough anymore. No, I, I, a house with a bedroom and then like six spare rooms just to throw everything in. Yeah, and like I share a bathroom, a tiny bathroom with like one of the other guys in my house. So I can't even like keep my shade in there. Yeah, you're, you're flat sharing or room sharing in Belfast? Yeah, it's a house share. So there's like, I think it's a five bedroom house. And um, we just like each pay for our own rooms and then that's it. That That's something that sort of... in interested me when I came back from uni because I quite enjoyed that element of university like it is very house sharing yeah no I really enjoyed it when I was away like I got quite lucky that I had people that I got on with and it made it easier as well you know um being away and stuff and I'm sure that was the same for you you know you were away at university um over in Bradford yeah yeah Yeah. what were your experiences there well I mean, we didn't quite have the same luck whenever it came to housemates and stuff. So I moved over into hall. So basically what happened with me and uni, I didn't want to go to uni all through my last year of school. I was like, no, not going, not going, not going. Did way better my A-levels than I thought I would. And then applied for this course. It was media, makeup and special effects in Bradford through clearing. So guy called me back. He was like, yeah, class, come on ahead. I was like, sweet. Two weeks later, I was there. Me and my mum booked a flight, went over, didn't have any stuff, didn't have time to book a car or nothing over it. So we just like showed up with two suitcases of a couple of my clothes, bought everything when we were there. And uh, yeah, basically, I'm not particularly nice. <laughs> I don't think I'm very like, I don't think I'm easy to get on with. So wasn't really there for the uni experience either. Bradford's not a safe place to go out in. Uh, so I just stayed in my room for like a full year. But um, during that year, I like made friends in my uni course and stuff, which was grand. 
and then that second year I moved in with one of them um, and that was fine we shared a, or a flat with one of the younger girls in our course who was just there to get drunk and bring boys home and play Drake through the very thin walls and it was so yeah Bradford wasn't particularly nice I have to say yeah, I can't imagine that's ideal, you know, blasting music at that yeah. time. We had a neighbouring house and our living rooms were wall to wall and all you could hear was them shouting and roaring and partying every single day and it drove me completely ballistic. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's just so frustrating because, like, I like to sleep, but can you not? <laughs> like, that's all. <laughs> I feel like I was one of the very few people that, didn't have the uni experience in terms of partying like four or five days in a row well you see that's i didn't either because the one night i went out we went to this club and it was oh it was so dodgy so like you would be dancing in the middle of the floor and the dance floor would just be surrounded by all these creepy old men just like oh. watching and you'd be like uh, no yeah. and like that club actually ended up getting closed down because too many people got stabbed in it Sick. Yeah, so I was just like, yeah, <laughs> this really isn't for me, lads. <laughs> so no. that was it. That was the last time I went out. There was a cute little sports bar, like right at the top of the city. Um, it had like three seats and it. it was very cute. Did the nice cocktails and I would occasionally go there. Yeah. But it was very rare. See, I got spoiled for choice a little bit with Cardiff. Cardiff yeah. had quite a, a broad variety of places and got to Bristol go. right there. Yeah, so there was a couple of times that a few from like the football team and stuff would have went over there because it's maybe about an hour in the train or so or yeah. half an hour or something like that and you can get into Bristol in an Airbnb somewhere. It, it's a really good place to go in for a night out, Cardiff and maybe wish I had it done a little bit more. See, that's what I think. Like, There's very much a sense of uh, nostalgia for uni because I'm just like, I wish I'd done it differently because like, Leeds was right there and I wanted to live, live in Leeds and like travel to uni. Instead of like living in Bradford and going out in Leeds or whatever. Never went out for a night out in Leeds. But I should have because apparently it's great. And I loved it as a city. I just never went out. I experienced it as yeah. like nightlife kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, exactly. And I know for a fact that if I went now, I, I would have like, like they're my people. So I went to like, there's a festival called Slam Dunk. And they do one in Leeds and one in the south somewhere, Reading or some, some direction. And, uh, it's all my kind of bands, like my kind of music, like fucking mosh pits, walls of death and everything. <laughs> class. It was so, so good. So I went back. I think it was like the year after I finished, I went to that festival. I had no idea they existed the entire time I was there. And I was like, what am I doing? I've wasted my life. <laughs> like wasted the last three years. Could have been making friends with these people that are like my kind of people. I just never bothered. And, and you never find out that way? No. No. Maybe one day. Uh, the the guys that I lived with, we again every year it sort of comes in the circulation like when festival season starts, it's like oh where can we go? Yeah. Or like we'll we'll plan this extravagant trip and then it just never happens. And Glastonbury's been the one for about four or five years now. <laughs> yeah. See, I'd love to go to Reading Festival, but I'm also one of these people that if I don't know exactly how a trip is gonna go. I don't want to do it. Like, it just makes me nervous. You, you turn up there and then for a couple of days, it's just anything can happen. Well, that's it. Like, if I was going on holiday or something, I like, I know what the crack is. I've been on holiday before. I've not been to, like, a proper festival before. So I'm like, ooh. I know. We, we don't really yeah, we don't really have festivals here. Like, I wouldn't call Bell Sonic or something like that. Yeah. 
never, it never even went dead. No, no, like we're not really a sort of festivaly kind of place. It's more I like I said that. I feel like Ireland would be a really good spot for like a proper festival. Do you know what? There's some really, really lovely places. Like even if you find somewhere in the back end of like Galway. Yeah, hundred percent. Like sunny south east. But yeah, the the Glastonbury one has been one that uh, it's sort of interests me. And the guy I live with, um, Steve, has actually performed. Oh no Glastonbury, yeah. When he was in his twenties, Steve was a drummer in a band. Oh nice. Yeah, um, and they were signed to a record label, but then it never went any further than that. Oh, but but I listened to a couple of the tracks that uh, they had recorded, and they were really, really, really good. And again, I wouldn't have met Steve if he had have continued to be this superstar in yeah, terms of music. Musician. Exactly, I never would have met him. Yeah. So strange, and now he's like one of my best friends. Yeah, it's weird how things, like, I always think about things like that, like how if one tiny thing had gone differently, you wouldn't have done all these things. Yeah, or like just, met so many people. Yeah, like mine was university. If I hadn't have decided to go through clearing, mm. you know, and then I would have been there a year above the people I met, and I probably wouldn't have been friends with them. I would have had a different friend group and stuff. Yeah, exactly. It's so weird. But fell in with really nice people in my year. And then eventually found other guys that were like a year above and they were actually dead on. But yeah, those wee tiny little details that suddenly have like a huge kind of impact in a way you don't even think of. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I think it kind of happened to me a lot whenever Corona kicked in. Because not that long before it started, I had had a job interview in Bristol and I was like raging that I didn't get it. And I was like, Bristol is gorgeous place i really want to live here blah, blah 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 and now i'm just like thank god i did not live in bristol when this kicked off because it's madness it's just yeah i think like england uh, just have a clue like i know we don't have a clue but england just for some reason seems worse i don't know and then obviously all the like blm stuff that happened in bristol my mom would have been up to high dough like oh, yeah, yeah. Been horrendous. just w- wondering where you are and yeah exactly you're running past with a Oh, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See me in the news. <laughs> there she is. Arrested. Finder. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I was just like, imagine if I had gone, because I wouldn't have really known anybody there, and I would have been very much isolated in the job that I would have had, would have been stopped. Yeah, you would have moved over for a career then that... Didn't go anywhere. Yeah, like there's people who've left over the past 12 months and they've got jobs elsewhere, and then the place is closed immediately. So it just right now, it just yeah. sometimes, yeah, we we things happen, and you're thankful for it, and then suddenly change in yeah, such a short space of time. Bad. And the the career path that you wanted to go down with the job in Bristol that was related to your uni course then. It kind of, it was like a bit loose. So I think I mentioned earlier that I studied media makeup with special effects with the intention of being a big-time makeup artist for Marvel films. Lo and behold, did not happen. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, I went to uni, so naive, wanted this course to be, like, all glamour, like, just to be so cool. I wanted to specialise in special effects, and, like, obviously go and, like, work in Hollywood, blah, blah, blah. And obviously, Game of Thrones and everything was big at the time. Every single person that I ever told that I studied this, they were like, oh, what about Game of Thrones? And I was like, oh, if only I'd thought of that. As if I hadn't <laughs> attempted it to get involved in Game of Thrones. 
the biggest show of the decade. Oh, why is it a nice thing to get I know, involved? like, ah, oh, if only someone had said something sooner. Anyway, yeah, so two years of uni went on and I was like, you know what, this really isn't for me. Makeup was not something that I enjoyed. Like I said before, not very personable. Don't have a personality to be like a one-on-one makeup artist. <laughs> so I ended up, uh, you had to pick something to specialise in in your third year. So I went with wigs and wig dressing. I've always loved the theatre, like mm-hmm. always. Loved musicals and everything. And um, so I just went, well, we'll just go with this. Um, fell in love with it. Absolutely loved wig dressing. It's basically just hairdressing, like hairstyling, but you do it on wigs, so you don't have to talk to anybody. <laughs> like most of the time, you do the job. <laughs> so it's like an absolute dream. Exactly. So you're just on your own. You've got your tunes. You're doing your thing, and then like eventually, you have to put the wig on. So it's okay. And yeah. That's it. <laughs> Here you go. Bye. Yeah. So that's um where I kind of specialised, and then after uni. I tried to to get kind of a few jobs, but obviously I had to move back to Belfast or Lisbon or whatever, um, because I just didn't have the funds to keep myself in England. Um, so I had to move back in with my parents. I know there's theatres here, but they don't have their like their venues more than anything else. So a lot of people don't really know that. So like the Grand Opera House, for example, wouldn't have their own technical teams. They just have all these companies that come in, use their stage, and go. Yeah, it So there isn't anyone that I could really get a job with. So I worked on a couple of ballets, um, and whenever I finished uni, uh, about a year later, I'd kind of given up on the whole wig thing. I was like, this is never going to happen. And then I got a phone call from somebody that I'd worked with previously, being like, they need another wig dresser in Bradford. Can you do it? So I didn't say, I don't live in Bradford anymore. I was like, yeah, 100%. <laughs> and like, I remember, I remember because I got the text. I was on my way back from Dublin Airport. I'd just been on holiday. I got the text. And I was like, oh my God, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Agreed to it. Then phoned Ben, and I was like, who was my manager at the time. And I was like, I need like a month off. And I was like, I'm so sorry for the short notice, but I need like an entire month. This is when it starts. Can I have it? And he was like, yeah, no problem. I was like, oh my God, this is happening. So I booked a room. All over the place. I know. I booked a room in the halls that I lived in the first year, and uh, went over, and that's where I was. And I went back and forth to the theatre. I was working on Les Mis, and oh, it was it was so good. I absolutely loved it. There's something about it. You just like I you do, it just feels like home in a way. It was yeah. really really weird. Um, and I just really enjoyed it, and like every night was different. Like something happened each night, and it was just. A hoot and like all the actors and everything were so much fun and like the other people and the technical teams were so much fun and I just loved it. Did you have specific actors or actresses that you were looking after then? Yeah so my role it was called a track so there's like different tracks that run through a show and uh, one of the girls was in charge of the boys one of them was in charge of um like a few of the other leads and then my track was basically just the lead women three or four no there was four main women in the show and they were basically not my responsibility but like if they were getting wig changes that's what I did yeah um so I made good friends with one of them in particular was so nice and um, she's called Sophie and she she was just lovely yeah, it was it was really interesting. I absolutely loved it. And then I came away from it being like this, I'm gonna give this another go, like I have to. And then 
that never worked out. <laughs> um, Decided again you didn't want to. Well, no, I, I would still love to, but it's just, I don't know what it is. It just seems like every time it's kind of close, it just disappears again. But anyway, so this job came up then that was wig making for film and TV. And I had done a bit of wig making. I'd made my own wig for my final project in uni. And I loved it oh, again. It was like a bit different to the theatre stuff, but like still very therapeutic like you have to tie like you basically get a bit of lace which is like tiny little grid and you tie individual hairs in a knot around these tiny little grids so it's a very long process but yeah, it's, I can imagine. it's so like I, whenever you see the wig that you just made like in front of you you're just like this is incredible like I've made that so I had this job interview with this company in Bristol who had worked on like all these like amazing productions and stuff like I went into their studio and they just had all these heads of all these different actors and actresses like proper famous like Scarlett Johansson like Robert De Niro kind of level yeah um just sitting there and then I didn't get the job when I was raging <laughs> but now you're in little yeah exactly living the dream exactly <laughs> how has these past 12 months been oh brutal <laughs> and I don't know what like at the start I remember so distinctly like almost to the minute where Leo Varadkar announced that Ireland was locking down because like within the hour the place was nuts I don't know if you were in that day I th- yeah because I could hear whispers amongst customers like mm-hmm. behind me saying like oh there's an announcement coming at like five and then suddenly the place was just it was packed. so busy i've never seen it like so i was laughing at the time but quickly turned to tears <laughs> i was just like this is horrendous <laughs> and that didn't stop for ages like i don't remember when it stopped actually but like for months because we had security and everything that had to be brought in with security and there was a queue outside the and queue like, was like all the way around down the bottom of the store, yeah. across the car park and up towards the top part. It was mad. It was wild. And eventually that kind of stopped. Much like all the comments of, like, thank you for being on the front line and thank you for being here, very quickly turned into, can you stay two metres away from me? <laughs> and you were just like, oh, my God, I'm just trying to work. But, uh, yeah, no, so that, that first bit, while it was, like, hectic, felt like it wasn't going to last forever. And like this week has been just as mad as that whole month. <laughs> yeah, like I sat on last week's episode and reminisced about the funny things from school. And you sit and think like there was one person in particular in our shop was like would wear a mask all the time. Yeah. And we laughed at him. Uh-huh. And, uh, now, and now everyone is doing yeah. it and now that's normal. And we thought, oh, that'll never, you'll never be doing that here. That's so uh, like a load of people's like perceptions of things have like just changed on the spot. Uh-huh. Like, but I find I don't know if this is controversial or not, but I find a lot of people to be very high and mighty about the whole thing. It goes kind of both ways. There's like a lot of people that like wear the masks and stuff and get really annoyed if they see somebody else that's not wearing a mask. And then you get the people that don't wear a mask just to cause a scene. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was at Tesco the other day and there was a guy, the, the guy who worked there was like, sorry, can we get people queuing for this just to go up this way? And this guy who wasn't wearing a mask was like, there's loads of room. I was like, that's not the point. Why are you causing a scene? 
There is no need for this. Do what you're told. <laughs> the amount of times you sit and work and you'll hear like two customers bicker into each other. There are other options. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you're really that concerned, you don't have to. There's go. literally an online service. I- I'll personally come and bring the shopping to you if you don't want to cause the same. <laughs> See, that's one good thing yeah. I think that has come from this is that more and more people are looking out for each other. Yeah. And I think that's lovely. And I had this conversation, it was like a good few months after, like it was when everything had kind of calmed down a bit and like things were back open over the summer and all. Yeah. Um and I'd had this conversation with someone who was like, Well, everybody said we wouldn't run out of food and look what happened. And I was like, Yeah, because you lot went and bought it all. Yeah. I was like, the girl that I was talking to was like, oh, I've still got a mountain of pasta and rice and everything stored away just in case. And I was like, why? What is the actual need? Just in case what? Like, <laughs> what's going to happen? Another potato famine? <laughs> like, we're good. Yeah, we're past that now. We have 100%. technology. Yeah, I don't know whether it's people maybe watch too many disaster films and I have this that idea could that, be it. yeah like people's perception is something bad slightly happens and then right it's every person for themselves yeah i think that must be it i don't see the hot chicken myself for like even meat and stuff like chicken and beef just sold out non-stop and people were like i'm literally putting all of this in the freezer i'm not touching people, it somebody who worked at curry's came in one time and told me that they had sold out of freezers <laughs> And I was well. like, that is ridiculous. People are stockpiling freezers like, for their house. Like, new freezers because somebody's got the sniffles. Sorry, that's really bad. Like, that's <laughs> it. I'm sure it's not it's, quite it's, it's, it's definitely that's a lot more than the sniffles. I know that. But yeah, like, all, all that panic sort of this time last year, you know, around February or March when yeah. there was the first case and then suddenly it just spiked from there yeah. and went off in the tangent. I think that's when people probably took it a little bit more serious. Yeah, I think, I mean, I was concerned. Yeah. I think everybody was concerned. I wasn't really so much concerned about myself than I was my family. Like, I have a few people that are quite vulnerable in my family. Mm-hmm. They've since been vaccinated, so I'm sure they're fine now. Yeah. But, um, like, it was a concern and you weren't taking precautions. And, like, I still am happy to take the precautions. I wonder what the statistics will be in a few years' time in terms of, like, A&E entries once places open up again. You know, like, nightclubs and bars and stuff, you know, like, I remember being taken to the Royal because my uh, windpipe had closed over and I couldn't breathe. Yeah. And, again, it was a Friday night and it was about 11 or 12 hours before I was seen. It was oh the ne- it was the next morning, almost closer to lunchtime. Mm-hmm. And again, the the any waiting room was just filled with like people, you know, with a black eye. One guy sitting beside him with bruised knuckles, and so on. I know what happened there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I have. Um, I just kind of think that there should be like somewhere else for like drunken injuries. Yeah, not clogging up any. See, that's it. It's like people still have accidents at home on like Saturday nights and stuff, but like I don't know. A lot of the times, you don't need to go there. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and it's so strange now that, like, if there's anything wrong with me whatsoever, like, I could be sitting here now and have, like, an excruciating pain in my back. I'll not go to the hospital. Oh, yeah, you just go to bed, don't you? Yeah. You just have to lie down. Two paracetamol and have a nap to see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) See if you wake up paralysed or not and hope for the best. But, yeah, like, I would have been one of these people that sort of just go, 
yeah. see how it goes. Like I, I very, very rarely, unless I literally cannot breathe or have broken something, yeah, will not go to the hospital. You see, I broke my wrist when I was a child, and I didn't want to go. I was like, oh, I'm sure it's not broken. I broke my wrist. I done the same. <laughs> I I broke it playing around the streets here, and um, mom and dad were out for the night, and I phoned mom. I was like, mom, I think I've broken my wrist, and she's like. Well, I'm not coming home. <laughs> so she coached me over the phone what to do. I was like, right, just wrap it and go to bed. Wrap it up tightly yeah. and put some ice on it for a bit and then just sleep on it. And I'll deal with it in the morning. <laughs> so for my yes. nine hours, I had a broken wrist. That like, is absolutely the attitude. <laughs> Thanks, all of them. <laughs> you see, this is something similar happened to me. So whenever I was uh, younger, I did like horse riding lessons and I fell off the horse. Um, and like was just lying like face first in the dirt for a while and my back was so sore like my back kind of like buckled like right at the base of my back and like tried to move and it hurt and then eventually I did get up and it was fine um and you know what they say you have to get back on the horse so I got on the horse so much pain but I got back on the horse because that's what you do and then my mum on the way home took me to the garage and bought me a box of chocolates instead of taking me to the hospital <laughs> to get an x-ray to see if I broke my back. You you could be like leaking spinal fluid or like have damaged vertebrae and that. Milk tray? That's the solution. Yeah, well, it was actually a box of heroes. But uh, yeah, pretty much. And I, I still have back problems to this day. And I'm like, I don't know if it was the horse or Lidl. But either way, it's a combination of probably both. should have gone to the hospital. It must just be something with like Northern Irish mums in general that they have that kind of like, I'll just get on with it kind of vibe. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate. It. I feel like if I had a child, I'd be like, quit your grin, your grand. Yeah, uh, there's nothing wrong with. It. Yeah, exactly. Because you know what kids are like. But yeah, as a as a former child, I can um, agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, but I used to throw myself out of trees all the time and just injure myself and come in, and there was nothing wrong with it. And then I sat here one day and was watching. Like this sounds really strange. I in no way I didn't mean this in a bad way, but there were children playing outside the house and I was watching them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Is yeah. the way I'll is the way I'll phrase it? It's like I was sitting watching children. Oh dear. Oh, <laughs> and at this point. The police kicked the door in <laughs> and took me away. But no, there was um, there was children running about the street, and I was just sort of like seeing what kids do nowadays. Yeah, and yeah. the majority of them all had the phone in their hands or like Ridiculous. playing with gadgets, and they weren't even doing like anything kid like that we would have done. Yeah. I'd rather someone came and you know threw themselves just down in the grass and started running about football straight through the window. Yeah, no, you know, just playing. Yeah, it's just kid things, you um, know. But like I have always as well thought that we were quite lucky. You're a bit younger than me. Yeah, but like our sort of growing up would be similar. That would have been like technology was just coming out. Yeah. But like I'm quite thankful that it didn't take over my child. Yeah, hundred percent. So like whenever we were kids, I used to like play on my bike and get roller skates and like skateboards and scooters yeah. and all that. And uh, but then whenever I was like 13, 14, spent all my days playing Sims and RuneScape. Yeah, that would have been the same for me. Yeah, growing up and, you know, as a child, running around the streets on a BMX and, you know, making a a track or ramps in the forest or whatever or, like, down down the road from here, there was always, like, a pond with, like, frog spawn and stuff. So we'd go and collect it and try and, like... muck it about. Yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, hit the stage of 13 or 14 and then you started, like, getting an Xbox or a PlayStation and playing with your friends. Like... You would be running around 10 hours a day in the summer, 
outside and then when you went in for your dinner at six everyone just jumped onto the console and played with each other yeah exactly (laughs) so I think that we were quite lucky in that that was the time period that we grew up in Um, and I've always been grateful for that because I would any later I'd be like no because see see the kids that you see that are just like glued to an iPad or whatever I actually hate it or like kids in work will come in and they're just glued to a phone or like or that, they that's have the... apple pay yeah and you're like you're six <laughs> what are you doing why do you have a bank account i want you to hold your pennies out to me and make me count them yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly i'm sick of... i don't know it's just like i used to love doing that see when i bought my loose change and then like trying to throw one into a shop yeah and, like there's uh, five pounds in five pieces. Yeah, or like your mum gives you a pound and you go to the shop and you get like a drink, crisps, chocolate, and sweets. Yeah. You're sorted. And um, run out the change. <laughs> I remember as well um, ice cream men. So we had an ice cream man that used to come. So I lived in a house that had like a lane right beside it. We called it the scary lane. I don't know why, but it was called the scary lane. And you'd always be outside part about and then you'd hear the ice cream man and you'd be like mom yeah <laughs> like get your money bolt down the scary lane because god forbid he would drive away before you got there yeah and then like just be like give me a 99 yeah that was the same as here like this this house that we're in now the, the back car park was where they would go and you could hear them coming from a distance yeah and it just gave you enough time to run into the door like, mom <laughs> screwball <laughs> oh screwballs what a throwback I love how we're sitting here reminiscent of our like in our 20s oh ridiculous <laughs> I'm talking about having a sore back Jordan I'm not 20 anymore <laughs> but yeah like you're getting old though it's your birthday soon happy birthday if, if you're listening to this anytime after it comes out my birthday's been and gone so so what are you, mid-20s? 23. Is that still? No, you're still, still early 20s. Yeah, I'm still early still 20s. Early That's 20s. okay. I'm borderline late 20s. Oh, makes me so God, I no. I was actually flicking through, like, some shop or something earlier, looking at rings. I, I don't know why. I'm not getting into age 20s. So <laughs> I was looking at the rings. And I was like, do you know what? That one's lovely. I might ask for that for my 30th. I'm 25. <laughs> and I was like, I might ask for that for my 30th. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah, we're, we're both at the stage now where the only special birthdays we'll have are ending in zeros. Yeah, 100%. Like your 30th or 40th or whatever. Yeah. That's the only time it's acceptable in adult life. Yeah, I however, celebrate a birthday properly. Absolutely made the most of my 20s. So I went to New York for my 21st. It was legal in America. <laughs> 22nd, I got, I like begged my mum to get me a cake that was like, nobody likes you when you're 22. 23? <gasps> 23. I didn't do it for my 22nd. So then 23rd, I was like, nobody likes you when you're 23. But like 182 came. <laughs> Loved it. That's fantastic. Yeah. 24 didn't really do anything. I don't think I did anything. Oh, 24. 24 I did. I went to Dublin for my 24th. Oh, and it was the nice. most drunk I have ever been. And didn't even get a hangover. Being in a band, normally around April time, this is the start of the season. So I just like spent my birthday in most shitholes in Northern Ireland. Nice, that's how you do it. Yeah, so you're naming like Dublin and New York and my <laughs> my list is Lorne and Ackley <laughs> and then here and then here in Lisburn and then I would like to try and make up for this being my twenty third and last year being my twenty second and like having two lockdown birthdays. Right enough. I was very lucky last year and 
restaurants just opened before. See, you're talking about me going to like New York and all. I went to Port Rush last year. <laughs> so keeps me humble. <laughs> I, I sat in the house with my laptop open just refreshing Facebook. Uh, I can imagine. <laughs> Did you ever do that when you were younger as well? Like as soon as it hit midnight, you were there to see who your real friends were? Yeah. I've actually since deleted my birthday off Facebook because I got too embarrassed that only like four people would say happy birthday to me. So I was just like, you know what? I'm not like, if you actually know me, you'll know where my yeah. birthday is and you can text me. Well, if you want a quick oh. tip to remember Top Rachel's tip. birthday, if you go on to, if you have an iPhone, I can't, I don't know if it's the same. No, it's not. It's, it's not. iPhone. Just... But if you go on to an iPhone and go to the little calendar on the emojis. Yeah. It is July 17th. Yeah. When is your birthday, Rachel? It is July 17th. Jordan, thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> so, no excuses. If anybody... It's literally there. It's literally there phone. for you to look at. Yeah. It, even if you don't have an iPhone, Google. Yeah. No excuse. I you, tell everybody this as well. So We were doing some Googling earlier, and we were trying to find out what famous people shared a birthday with ourselves. And... I quite enjoy this game. Yeah. I go sit around with family and go, oh, when's your birthday? Who you share a birthday with? Maybe a celebrity. Yeah. So you sit there. I am you, weirdly jealous though. You try, you try and find like some interesting ones. So you share your birthday with Tom Fletcher from McFly. Gino DeCampo. Favourite. What a guy. Tony yeah. Huck. Filipino? Yes. Yeah, right, yeah. David Hasselhoff, I we, we mentioned one. that one before. Uh, Yap Stam is a footballer for guys listening. And I think one of my favourite ones is the DJ, Darude. I don't play a sandstorm every other <laughs> birthday. <laughs> Find one of those 24 hour like, loops on YouTube and yeah. just blast it. That's just going to be the soundtrack to my birthday. And, and your neighbours will be, oh, they'll hate you. What makes you think they won't already? <laughs> <laughs> or the the other Wikipedia game I play is if you look and find a celebrity that died the day you were born, oh. you're the reincarnation of them. Oh, I've never done this. Do that. So let's find out if there's anyone interesting. And again, feel free to do this as well. Absolutely. And find out some interesting ones. Exactly. Yeah. Find out find out who you are. So you were born in nineteen ninety five. Let's find out now if there was anyone. You are Juan Manuel Fangio. Okay. You are an Argentine racing car driver. That makes sense. I am a speed demon. You are (laughs) and, and and you drive. Yeah, yes. Check. You tick all the boxes, so I'm going to start calling you Manuel. Okay, cool. I'm happy for that. I yeah. was kind of low-key hoping for... Rachel, Manuel. I'm Manuel now, so... Yeah, you, you're Juan Manuel Fangio. What about you? Who's your phone on your website? I'm just going to find out Are now. you looking at birthdays or deaths? I'm looking at birthdays first, so a couple of birthdays that I share with. One that I knew before was Ian Paisley Sr. Yes. <laughs> Fabrice Mwamba, I don't know if you would have heard of him, but he was a footballer and a few years ago, I don't know if you've ever seen it in the news, but there was a footballer during, I think it was an FA Cup game, collapsed on the pitch. I think I remember that, yeah. Yeah, so that was him. He's 10 years older than me. He's born in 
That was another thing I always used to think. Oh, Paul Rudd. There's another one. Oh, that's a good one. I love Paul Rudd. So do I. I think that's where the humour probably comes from, though. Uh, Zach Braff as well. Also funny guy. JD from yeah, Scrubs. Scrubs. I'm winning at life here. That's good. Like if that beats David Hasselhoff. I'd uh, I'm in good company here. And then quickly find out now who I am as a reincarnation. So the 6th of April, 1998, I can either be Tammy Wynette, the American singer-songwriter, or the other one then is Norbert Schmitz. I like that one. Nicknamed Nobby. Yes. There we go. That's us, Manuel Nobby. I got it again. <laughs> that sounds like it should be like a spin-off to Breaking Bad. You know, like the opposite side, like so you've got Heisenberg on one side uh-huh. and then like a little spin-off show, you've got Manuel and Nobby in a caravan somewhere. Yeah. Probably not meth. making meth though, probably like, I don't know, netting cardamom or something. <laughs> Growing corn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> in the middle of the desert. So yeah, if you want to play the birthday game, go on to Wikipedia, search for your birthday, and it's it's endless fun. Hopefully you're someone good. Yeah, exactly. Let us know who you are. Do you believe in reincarnation, though? Oh, I wasn't expecting a deep conversation oh. here. Um, Just throwing that in. Personally, no, but I would love it to be true. Me too. I always had, like, in my head some things that you don't believe in but there's just a little part of you yeah you you don't a hundred percent not yeah it's like it's like something like mystical about it yeah like mom would always have been very interested in like shows like supernatural Mm -hmm. and true blood and she was a really big fan of like stephen king novels as well and she read quite a bit and watching those shows it was like what if i actually could shapeshift or what if i actually could become a demon or something like that and yeah like i wouldn't have fully believed it but again just that little part that goes what just if more hope than that yeah. <laughs> yeah see i'm quite weird like that as well like i i don't know if i fully believe it but i have a deck of tarot cards and i would read tarot for a lot i'm not 100 percent sure if it means anything but there's something weirdly comforting about either like pulling a card and it's like things are going to get better or like pulling a card and it's like yeah life's been done <laughs> it's just i don't know it's just nice to have like an outside thing kind of either give you hope or validate what you have been feeling yeah so i'm just like i don't know it's i don't i don't take it as gospel or anything i don't pull a card and be like oh i'm getting a new job next week <laughs> but if it says things are getting better i'm like okay cool <laughs> yeah mom I can remember there was one time I went to a psychic medium with mum and my auntie and like I, I just think it's all sort of fabricated in, in, yeah. in some ways. Um but they they really, really like look into the things that are being said and I suppose if someone tells you something then you do start looking for it, if you yeah, know what I mean. Hundred percent. Like if someone says for example, like in your life, you will prosper in something, and yeah. then you start like you you go into work, and then suddenly you have a really good day, and you get some feedback, and you go, oh, that could be it. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> it's kind of like the positivity brings positivity thing, isn't yeah. it? It's weird, but I'm all for it. But it's it's so strange that you bring that up because um, my auntie went and seen a medium maybe about five or six weeks ago. Mm-hmm. 
and was contacted by mum. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, and, like, again, mediums aren't my thing, as yeah. I said, and, again, that small part that goes, maybe it is mum chatting with them and stuff, and yeah. then I think if it's a bit more personal, then that's when you maybe start believing it a little bit more, rather yeah. than sitting watching a TV show, and they've just done a background check and found out that you work in some supermarket, and that... Uh, your dog died when it was six and, and yeah. you're contacting Max now. You know, uh-huh. it, it's just like a, a facade or like an illusion kind of thing. Yeah. But then some of the things that my auntie told me that the medium had said, yeah. and the medium hadn't met mum. Yeah. Like a lot of the stuff was true. It's so bizarre. It's so strange. And like, in my experience, like I really do enjoy going to psychic mediums and I lucky enough in my life to not have very many people close to me that have passed. But the ones that have the kind of the things that they've suggested to kind of make you think of who it is that they're talking about, they're too specific. So like my nanny died I think it's close to ten years ago now actually. But I remember whenever I was talking about like what I wanted to do after school or whatever, I'm like, oh, I want to be a makeup artist. My nanny would be like, no, you don't. <laughs> I was like, that's not a real job. Absolutely not. Um, and I was like, okay, okay, okay. And uh, so I went to a medium one time and she was talking to this like, old lady that was showing up and blah, blah, blah. And she said she didn't agree with your career path, but she's proud of you. And I was just like, that's so weird. There's a little bit of you just sort of tenses up when you hear that. And kind go, of. Yeah. Because it's just like, that's a really bizarre, because we hadn't actually talked, like me and this lady hadn't talked about what I did for a job or what I wanted to do. Yeah. So she didn't know that it was a bit wishy-washy. Um, and all she, for all she knows, I could have been like a doctor or whatever. Yeah. And then even like the conversation that you had with your nanny period about it. and like mm-hmm. that, It's just really strange. Yeah. And there's it? probably a bit of you like just... Yeah, straight away. Well, I really enjoy believing in that as well. Yeah, like, I, I suppose it's like you mentioned, it's a little bit of hope. Yeah, yeah. I think so. There is a strange comfort to it. And it's the same with like signs, like just random signs. Like we were talking before the podcast, how this was the 13th episode. Yeah. I looked at the clock and it was 13.31. Yeah. Like, I don't know what that means, but there's something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, this is a really weird one. So... For a while there, on my drive to work, obviously we would start work very early. So I'm driving at like four o'clock, half four. Um, and for a while, every single day, I would see a fox, like without fail. It would be like every day for like two weeks. And if I was working on my clothes, I would see it on the way home from work. And I was like, what does this mean? And I have since decided that what it meant was that that day was going to be a disaster. Oh, dear. <laughs> so, like, you know the way foxes are kind of, like, sneaky and, like, wreaking havoc and just being, like, generally... Yeah. Like, conniving or whatever. So I have decided that if I see a fox on the way to work, it's not good and the day is going to be a mess. And I haven't seen a fox for ages. And work's been going quite well. I don't know if you agree. But, like, work's been going, like, it's fairly smooth. Nothing that dramatic happens. I was, like, almost there. I was driving to work, a fox crossed my path, like, just before I got to the gate. That day was a disaster. It was just <laughs> one thing after another. I was like, what is going on? I said, see that bloody fox? <laughs> it's all its fault. It's like, why did I have to see that fox? <laughs> like, you've now decided that, like, foxes are bad. 
Anytime they see you now. Well, any foxes? Nope. It's like, good. <laughs> but then, good is that me just thinking it? Yeah, like... So is that negativity breeds negativity? Yeah, you've now seen the fox and go, oh, today is going to be bad. And you've and already predetermined that yeah. it is a write-off. And then on the other side of it, you don't see one go, yeah. I'm happier now. So where do you draw the line? Hmm. Intra, thought of the day. <laughs> there we go. Rachel's thought of the day. Yeah, it's going to be a new segment. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> just five minutes of you going on about, like, I seen a pigeon and that means my hair is going to be wet. <laughs> What? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I suppose. I mean, it's no less ridiculous than the fox thing. So yeah. finding finding links between animals and days. Yeah. And like, maybe maybe again, you're listening to this and you have something similar. Yeah. I don't know. You you might not be alone in this. Yeah, give me a shout. Follow us on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind. Open to discuss. It's like there's a badger walk past me, and every time I see him, it means I've got a bad belly. It's true. I mean, not necessarily with badgers. Signs of mean stuff. That's all I'm saying. It is so weird. Like I mentioned, we were again, we were chatting before we we came on to do the recording, and I had said like I was having an absolute stinker of a day, and got down to the tills to serve a customer. Till froze, printer needed changed, and uh-huh. then the customer was paying with card and I accidentally put it through his cash and again so my till was down so I had to refund it back in and I flipped the receipt over after they paid for their shopping and it was £6.66 yeah. on the receipt and you're just like absolutely not, not having that. <laughs> I wanted to cry I started looking over my shoulder like is there something following me now I don't know it is weird but then we've got a friend Zach who is big on the symbols and stuff as well so I think numbers mean quite a lot to him as well so I would say 11, 11, quite a lot. No idea what it means. There are people that means it's like angel numbers and it's like you are exactly where you're supposed to be. I hope that's wrong. Yeah, most days at 11, 11, I'm still <laughs> in work. Do you know what? Most days at 11, 11, I have just got to the chocolate aisle in the ambient order. <laughs> that's where I'm at at 11, 11. I'm like, that's where, I, that's where I need to be. Please dairy, dairy don't let that be exactly where I need to be. So, like, what's the point? In the middle of doing an order, so many weird coincidences just like crop up in numbers. I mm-hmm. suppose if you look into it and like explore it a bit more, yeah, like I had said before, you do find patterns and then you suddenly link things together. That's it. Without actually knowing, yeah. like the same with the mediums, you know, something will be general and then you'll start looking for it in other things. Yeah, I definitely have been to mediums that are like completely fraud. <laughs> like absolutely just making things up and just hoping that you can go ah uh-huh, yeah yeah like, absolutely like not. trying to they're more like an expert in body language yeah exactly and they start going exactly. I'm getting a an S and then you go no and then they go essence of a yeah exactly. <laughs> start changing their words I'm just like is it David no Danny no Daniel no Keith Keith yes, I like yeah. Keith. <laughs> no, and no. then Keith third time looking <laughs> it, it's one of those names that has just been ruined for like a joke like Karen within the next 20 odd yeah. years the name Karen will be gone and Keith was always like no one looks at a baby and calls it Keith unfortunately I think there's definitely worse names than Keith for babies though I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to offend anybody but <laughs> yeah someone's sitting and they go hey that's my name yeah exactly <laughs> I called that 
I, I think know I, a lot of it. I think I mentioned this before in a previous episode about Jordans, but like when I was growing up, Jordan was like one of yes, the more popular you names. Did mention this, but I remember this. There was a group of us of about eleven or twelve, and five of us were all called Jordan. Mm-hmm. And now I like I don't hear of many people called yeah. Jordan. I guess just because young people called Jordan. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, there's no one sort of around six or seven running or around called people. Jordan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, it's it's one of those names that sort of just dropped Again. off the map. I don't know. I feel like Rachel's a very like middle of your life name. <laughs> like, do you know any old people called Rachel? I don't think so. No, and you don't know any like young people called Rachel. So where do we all go? There was Rachel's my age, like in school. Yeah, but where do we go? <laughs> do we get old? No, exactly. Just, no one has a granny, Rachel, is all I'm saying. You get to 30 or 40 years down the line when sort of we've all grown up and then it'll be Jordan and Rachel and all those kind of names oh. will be like old people names. Old people names. And then people will go, oh, I don't want to call my child that. Such a grand name. Yeah. Oh, Rachel's such a, Jordan's such a grand name. Oh, oh. I don't want, I don't like no. that. No, I, I can't see myself being that like I don't want to be called like Grand the Jordan or whatever like that. No. No 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 no. I probably just won't have kids to be fair. Dogs. Dogs yes. will forward. Dogs are probably lower maintenance than looking after a child. Yeah, but I feel like I would love a dog more than I would ever love a child. <laughs> and I fully mean that. Uh, Trust me Rachel, I know you. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, somebody pointed out to me once it's a thing with women now that they just love dogs and it hasn't really been a thing before like you do get the odd woman that just really likes dogs and that's fine but like now it's like a personality for a woman rather than like cats Um, like what was the thing before I I don't think there was anything before teacup pigs probably (laughs) that's the word Um, but no so it was like he was talking about tinder and how Everybody on Tinder, all these women, that all of a sudden were just like, I'm only here for your dog. It's well, really so strange. Story. Like, one person starts doing it and then the mate copies them and suddenly it just becomes a trend. Yeah, so you would never have had Tinder because you have had a long term relationship all through the Tinder times. My relationship is because of Tinder. You're right. I forgot about that. Yep. Thanks, the, the One of the good things of it. Yeah, I... It actually worked. Yeah. Love-hate relationship with Tinder, to be honest with you. This, this is the funny thing as well, and I've tried describing this to people, but, like, when we were sort of, like, upper sixth, and people were then downloading Tinder and uh-huh. thinking about, like, more adult relationships, there was a section of Tinder which was for under 18s. See, I never knew this. You told me about this, and I did not. There was a section of Tinder which was... You could have your parents' permission, and you could be thirteen on Tinder. Oh, yeah. That seems between thirteen and seventeen, and then when you turned eighteen, you still kept all of your matches, so you could be eighteen and have a match with a fifteen-year-old on your Tinder. Very dodgy. Yeah, not good. But you could adjust it like you can. So mine was only like people my age. That was it. Like, I don't have Tinder anymore. Most recent time I had Tinder, like, I'm 25, as I said. I think my age was, like, 35 to 50. <laughs> and I was just like... You're thinking of the future here. You're thinking of your bank. Rude. 
but also no I'm joking no, <laughs> no uh, so as a rule like guys wouldn't see each other each other's profiles so like if you're searching for like a girlfriend you're not going to see all these other guys profiles but so many guys have the exact same profile it's so weird I can it's just like their height because apparently that matters yeah <laughs> and you're just like why does everybody have that in their profile yeah wh- why should the height be a thing yeah and then also girls who are like I'm only here for your dog why does every woman have that in their profile yeah or the whole if it doesn't start with the sex I'm not interested yeah so many people have that but like how do they like how does everybody have it like you can be five foot eleven and a half that's still tall but just because it's yeah. not sort of five or like when you're five foot four like me anything's tall <laughs> so like you could be five five and i'd be like okay like i'm i'm about six one or six two and even like with some people i work with i feel small really yeah like well when jared worked with us oh, he yeah, was he like was six four giant, six five yes. jared's quite tall brian's yeah. taller than me zach is still relatively tall yeah i just feel tiny our store seemed to have a thing for tall, brown-haired males. men, tiny women. Seems yeah. to be the general. <laughs> but, like, I've always just been like, I'm too small for this job. Yeah. They need to have a height limit. You can't be shorter than six foot and six feet. Really. It just doesn't work. It'll be fine but after that. you do get a weird kind of bravery and, like, independence that comes with being small. <laughs> really? I mean, in a weird way, yes. Because, like, part of the time I'm like, Jordan, I can't reach. <laughs> but then there's other times where I'm like, I can do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, we'll climb up, like, a wall of beans to get to the ticket. <laughs> it's like the, yes, I will not be defeated. Yeah. I can do this. Yeah, exactly. Suddenly you're, you're scaling the walls to try and reach something. Yeah. Whereas There is no one more fearless than a tiny woman. As someone who's worked in our store with a lot of tiny women confirmed exactly yeah. frightening terrifying yeah some of the angriest people but some of the loveliest people i've met yeah 100%. <laughs> exactly they can just throw a fit and you don't know when it's like a ticking time bomb like someday you'll just walk in and be jordan this is a disaster and suddenly yeah. explode i wasn't prepared for this whereas on the flip side of that i'm like oh, i'm too tall to get down there it's like yeah, it, hurt, yeah. it hurts me to stoop down <laughs> yeah like if you're about five seven or five eight, that's like the perfect height. Oh, you can reach, the, yeah, that's sort of like the, the perfect range yeah. to be in. I think so. Because I'm I'm now twenty three, and my knees hurt when I bend down. Well, like I said, I've got a bad back <laughs> <laughs> at the ripe old age of twenty five. Rachel, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Absolute pleasure, and again, I'm off for a week now, but I'll see you at some point. Oh, we could we'll just continue our conversations that we're having yeah, then as well. Constant, yeah. <laughs> and that's it, guys, for episode 13. Thank you again for listening in. If you haven't already, make sure to check out any episodes you have missed before. And also follow us over on Instagram at New Leaf Podcasts and check us out on Facebook as well. In the meantime, guys, everyone, stay safe, take pride in everything you do, and remember, we're all superstars. See you later. <laughs>